0: Good morning, Heritage. Today is Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. This is Mr. Neese, nice, and you are listening to The Griffin Rundown, a weekly podcast for HCA. I hope that you're listening together on the way to school this morning. This week, we are going to discuss some of the upcoming events at HCA. We're going we'll to talk about a little bit about speech meet. I'm going to give an update on the charter and construction at Pepper Pike. As, as I've been typically doing. And of course, we'll include the joke of the week. And then we're, we're going to end today with the part two of uh, the discussion that I began last week with Pastor Nick Spurgeon at Parkside Church on the importance of the local church. So to start, let's, let's talk about some of these upcoming events. Remember, this Thursday evening is Heritage U. And uh, again, please check your uh, weekly newsletters for details here, but it's hosted at the Peninsula Campus. The topic is gender identity, and it's going to be with um, Jonathan Holmes, who is the executive director at Fieldstone Counseling. and And, and Jonathan Holmes is is uh, garnered quite a name for himself locally and and nationally, so uh, he is very well respected. And and this is a topic that um, you know we couldn't even imagine have hosted probably a decade ago, but here it is before us and pervasive. And so obviously this is intended for moms and dads and then uh, moms and dads will trust you if uh, your older students, if, if this would be good for them to hear too. But um, this is, that is this coming Thursday at the Peninsula campus. See your newsletter for details. Also this Friday, the 26th, There is no school for students in early childhood through fifth grade. Uh, This day is set aside for parent-teacher conferences. So, again, uh, make sure you're seeing the communication from your teachers about signing up for a time slot if you have not already. Sixth grade and up is on for school as normal. On February 7th, there's a study center preview day in Peninsula. So this is an opportunity for you to tell uh, your friends about heritage, your friends and loved ones and colleagues about heritage. And and again, if you're not aware, the study center is our partnership with homeschooling families where the kids come two days per week. We hire the teachers and select the curriculum and, and drive the timing of the curriculum and then outfit mom or dad what to do on the other three days per week. Um, with in following the curriculum and keeping it moving. So um, the study center option is is great for many families. So if you know of someone that this might be good for, uh, let them know to come to the preview day, sign up for the preview day on February 7th in Peninsula. You can point them to our website. I'm sure they can find info and sign up there. Similarly, on February 21st, we have early childhood preview day in Bainbridge. So again, um, point your friends to heritage, uh, who might have little ones that, um, would be interested in on our early childhood program. That is February 21st. Again, you can point people to our website for the details. Hey, speech meet is coming up on February 8th. Speech meet is for our first through sixth grade students. Mom and dad, please continue to practice the selection with your children at home. And boy, we recognize that speech meet for some is something that, uh, is very much to be looked forward to. And then for others, it, it, it might be a little bit more of a, a dread. It might be intimidating. Um, wh- regardless of where each individual child in your home falls, what a great opportunity to shepherd our kids and to help them prepare to be standing in front of others, to speak thoughtfully, to be winsome. Uh, this is just wonderful preparation for life. So, um, encourage you to to be practicing with your children at home. And uh, maybe at the end of dinner, you can give them an opportunity to stand and present what they know so far. Um, Hey, the weekly prayer time. I've been greatly encouraged the last few weeks. The Tuesday evening prayer at nine is uh, starting to gain some traction with many families. So I would encourage you um, for the school that you love, for where our children are for 35 hours per week. Some of them for the, the teachers that are pouring into the lives of our kids hey, at nine o'clock PM, largely uh, many of your children are sleeping and in bed. And this is an opportunity to join together with other moms and dads and people who love the school to be praying for um, this ministry and this mission that, is so influential on our kids. So would you come, you can see the, the weekly newsletter for details and for the link to join. And then there's also one in the middle of the day, Wednesdays, and there's a link in your newsletter for that too. So, uh, please consider coming to one of these to be praying the the Lord moves. Uh, it's, it's a mysterious thing that the prayers of the Lord's people, um, make an impact. So would you please consider joining, uh, because we're called to pray and then we're told that, um, it has an impact. So um, please do it. Please join. Pepper Pike construction update. The construction company, as as I've been telling you, has been on site all week this week, uh, uh, this last week um and they'll, they're on site again this week in preparation last week they were preparing all of the uh abatement and signage and safety and dumpsters and all those things getting those prepped in order that they're going to still swing hammers this month so things are happening we're very excited for for that and um charter update two on friday we submitted all of the paperwork required of us for the charter. This included over 100 pages of documents. As you've heard me say, we have a warm and receptive ear with folks at Ohio Department of Education. We've been receiving positive feedback from them and had great back and forth for months. You've also heard me say that we fully expect that we're going to that they're going to come back to us and ask for clarity on certain items. So again. Uh, we're working with the state agencies. So we cannot say for certain uh, that everything's going to be done on a particular date. I can't say February first, March first, April first, but we are hitting our timelines and expect that everything will be in order for our families to take advantage of EdChoice scholarship for the coming school year, for the 2024-2025 school year. So, uh, and again, be praying for this. It's it's obviously been a, a big lift, and we're so thankful that we're hitting all of our self imposed timeframes to get these things in and uh, to get them reviewed. So again, for your prayer, um, please continue to, to bring this before the Lord and to seek his favor for the sake of heritage. And then a question was sent in. One of the questions from a dad in the school was, what standardized testing and graduation requirements will be used to satisfy the new state requirements under a charter? So the first part I want to tackle is the grad requirements. So the grad requirements are, uh, you know, they are existing in Ohio and and we'll have to abide by those. They are not that onerous, to be honest. You know, generally it's, you need um, X years of math at, you know, at particular level and you need X years of science and, and this many years of what, you know, what they would call English and, and social studies and those things. So um, they have theirs, but honestly, Heritage asks for more than the state does. So we will be taking, uh, what the state asks and, and meeting those, and then also adding in the things that we believe uh, this is also imperative and important in, in a classical Christian education. So um, honestly, the grad requirements are not that onerous for us, um, and we're thankful for them in many ways. And then to answer the part of the question, what standardized testing will be used to satisfy the state requirements for the charter, you already know likely that we offer standardized tests to our students each year. Anyway, we offer the Stanford Achievement Test, and this, by and large, is going to cover most everything that the state would want. And at a few different levels, they're asking for for several levels for our grammar and logic school. They're asking for math standardized test and English language arts standardized tests. And in fifth and eighth, they're asking for science standardized tests. So um, those things are already happening with what we offer anyway. And then there's a reading diagnostic and a dyslexia screening test that they're asking for um, K through three students. So um, we're largely doing things with that anyway. We already have a search and teach program to help identify students that might need more help uh, in the younger grades with reading and and uh, those things. So um Largely, these are already happening. There's also in the high school, for us, the rhetoric school, they ask for an Algebra 1 assessment at some point, and they ask for an English 2 competency assessment. And and all these things, we're largely hitting all of those as it is with the standardized testing that we do at the end of the year. And also, I want you to know, for our older students, we've been also administering the classic learning test the last several years and i um, very happy that the first two years that we've done it that the our students scored in the top 20 of all you know out of hundreds of classical Christian schools in the country so very happy for that feedback that our our kids and in, in our environment for other schools like us that we're actually uh, performing very well and so thankful for some of those uh, data points from standardized tests i thankful for your questions. Again, if you have questions about the Charter, please feel free to send them in. Happy to answer them one per week. And, and as you consider other questions that you might have, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the previous podcast if you've been missing them, because I have been addressing a, a question about the Charter each week. Hey, our hymn this week is, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." So as always, I'd encourage you to Find a version of that and maybe listen with your kids in the car periodically or, or after dinner time or at, or at dinner. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. It's a good hymn with great lyrics. And now it's time for your favorite segment and mine. It is the joke of the week. I have with me in the studio today, one of our very, very funny seventh graders at the Peninsula campus. This is Luke. Luke, would you like to greet everybody? Hello. Hello. Luke, you you think you've got a funny joke that's worthy of sharing with the heritage community? Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, lay it on me.
1: All right. What do you call a fake noodle?
0: What do you call a fake noodle?
1: An impasta.
0: <laughs> An impasta. I get it. That's pretty good. Did you make that one up?
1: Uh, No.
0: No. Uh, does your dad laugh when you share that one? Yeah. Yeah, he thinks it's pretty funny. Yeah. I would imagine he thinks that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, hey, Luke, in addition to telling funny jokes, tell me something that you're reading these days in your humanities class.
1: Um, Right now we're reading Herodotus.
0: Herodotus. Boy, uh, can you tell me... What is the what is uh, important in Herodotus that it's worthy of uh, reading in seventh grade?
1: Right now, we're mainly learning about the Persian War.
0: The Persian War, which is between whom?
1: The Greeks and the Persians.
0: The Greeks and the Persians. Do you know who wins?
1: Um, the Greeks. The Greeks win. Yeah.
0: And why is that important?
1: Um, Because without them, we couldn't have Western civilization. Okay.
0: Hey, great answer. Thanks. Um, I didn't pay him to say that. All right. So, uh, anything else you want to tell us, Luke? Nope. Nope. All right. Great joke there, buddy. Thanks. Thanks for being on. Yeah. And now we're going to move to the interview. If you listened last week, you caught the first part of my interview with pastor Nick Spurgeon at Parkside church. He's one of my pastors and pastor Spurgeon and I were talking about, the importance of the local church. And it's such a, a big and important topic and, uh Pastor Spurgeon and I went a little long, so we broke it up into two segments. But I, before we dive in, I, I do want to encourage you, um, <clears throat> if you call yourself a follower of Christ, please be in the local church. We are meant to be fed by the preaching of God's Word. We're meant to be in community together to, to stir one another on to, to love and to good works. And um, and we're meant to put ourselves under the authority of the local body, and so I would encourage you, moms and dads, if if this is an area in which you're struggling, then um, please please find a gospel believing Bible church here around you, and um, and commit to being there, and commit to being active member of a church. It's important; we need it we are not, we are called to not give up the habit of meeting together. So please take that encouragement for what it is. And it's meant for our good that we put ourselves under the local church. So without further ado, here is Pastor Nick Spurgeon for part two of the importance of a local church. Well, hey, help me think about this one then. Uh, You've got little kids, right? And you know, you you also are a pastor, so you know this falls even more on on Allie, just because you're probably already there as before the kids are even up. But um, what advice would you give to families similar stage of life who who are having a hard time even just being involved with a local church?
1: I was thinking about this um, before the before us doing this podcast, um, and and you're right. Sunday mornings for me, I'm usually out the house by six o'clock, sometimes five 30. Mm. Um, and so, uh, Allie is at home with the kids and she's getting uh, a four-year-old and two 16 month olds ready, uh, hopefully by, uh, the nine o'clock service. And if not the 10, the 10 30 service. Um, and it, it really, it really is hard. I mean, the, the, the Sundays that, um, I actually get to be at home with them and am able to help her, um, I go. My goodness! I don't know how she does this. I mean, she she's just fantastic. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more that the more that I thought there's two the kind of two things that I would en- I would encourage people to do. Don't give up on it. Mm. Um, it's easy to to just kind of go. We'll just watch it at home. It's a lot easier. Yeah. Um, I would say don't give up on it of trying your best uh, to get to church because as we said earlier, the importance of the local church. Um, but secondly, I'd also say uh show your show yourself some grace. Um so, you know, for for Allie, um, there are times where it is, in fact, a lot of times, poor thing, it it is it is hard for her to get there on time. Yep. And and I just go, you know what? That's okay. Like she she made she made the effort to to do it. She might be 20 minutes late, but you know what, like what I love about my wife is she loves the church and, um, she's going to do her best. And, you know, there's seasons of life with little kids, uh, that, you know, I feel like we're learning this. I almost wish that I was in some sense answering this question as somebody who's raised kids that are now, you know, in their thirties answering this question, but I like Allie and I are in the thick of it, but you know, there are seasons where, where, The kids are sick for three weeks. You know, if if one gets it one week, and then the other one gets it the next week, and the other one gets it the next week, and you can't go uh, to Sunday service, that's understandable. Don't don't beat yourself up over that. Um, You know, uh, the Lord is kind and gracious, and um, he he understands the situations we're in. He's the God of providence, so none of this has taken place um, outside of His foresight, and uh, so. Um, you know, we trust that he'll give us what we need. He'll give us the grace that we need and, and all that. Um, but you know, I think it's the two sides of the coin is, is make your, make your best effort. If, you know, if your kids, you know, sometimes, sometimes Allie and I laugh cause she, she'll, she'll go like, do you see what Harper's wearing? And it's like, that's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, you know, our kids will have, um, yogurt still on their face. Sometimes they have yogurt in their hair when they come to church. And we're like, you know what? <clears throat> okay, it doesn't matter. You know, we're, we're here. We're, 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 we we're get to be fed by the scriptures. Um, and so those things are okay. Like, don't try to be the, the, the perfect looking family walking in. It's okay if you look a little disheveled and, and and so on and so forth. Just, you know, it doesn't matter. Just make your best effort and show yourself some grace.
0: That's right. You know, I think we made it to church once with a child who I think might have been eleven at the time in the middle of winter, and we get there and we hear from the back seat, "I don't have any shoes." We have been all the way here. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Um, well, that's a good word. Um, and, and then hopefully, you know, in that we're we're also showing our children grace in the mornings too, as as we're. Asking for some for ourselves, you know, it, it's also easy to, uh, you know, to drive a little hard in the, uh, you know, in the home before you even get to the car. If
1: you gotta yes. be on time. Yep. 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 I I have to just say, <laughs> been there. <laughs> yes. Been there too many times. That's right.
0: Uh, hey, Nick, one of our goals at, at Heritage is to partner with parents and the church and educating their children. We say that all the time, probably ad nauseum. Of, we view this as a partnership with parents and families and then as a partnership with the local church because we believe that you know most folks have their, choose to send their children to Heritage because they believe that when they drop them off here at 830 in the morning that um, they have great confidence that we're proclaiming and teaching truth that's founded in the scriptures and, and from a biblical worldview then all throughout the day. And so parents aren't guessing as to what they might have to unwind, uh, when their kids get home. Um, so we say that all the time of, Hey, this is partnership with mom and dad in the church, but, and, and maybe I've just put too many words in your mouth, my mistake, but Hey, you and Allie chose this for Harper. Mm -hmm. What helped lead in your decision to have your daughter at Heritage?
1: Yeah. Um, that's a that's a good question. So, you know, I think there's a there's probably layers to answering that question. Um, for us, there we had to answer a couple questions as a family on uh, just the nature of how we wanted to approach education, um, how we wanted to um, think about uh, you know like secular education, and um, and I think that there's you know. Christians can kind of go on either side of, of that equation. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, but for us essentially what we, what we came down to is that we wanted to be proactive, um, instead of responding to things that Harper may encounter from not just from kids. I mean, kids, you know, I can remember growing up and they, they talk about everything. Um, but when it came to from the educational standpoint and, um, for us, uh, we wanted to be more proactive and and instead of reactive. Mm. And by that, I mean, we wanted to be able to have control over what Harper is introduced to and when and how she's introduced to those things. So whether it be cultural issues um, and things like that, we wanted to make sure that she was in a an educational system that was consistent with the worldview that she was getting at home, mm. or at least we hope and pray that she's picking up on at home. That's right. Um, you know, um, also, Allie uh, loved the education um, when she taught at Heritage. Um, and so that was that was really heavily an influence for us, too. Um, and, and I think, too, David, this is something that I've been thinking about actually a little bit recently. I listened to, and I don't know if you've ever, I know Daniel knows about this guy. And so I would imagine you do too. His name is George Grant. Yep. Um, So um, George Grant um, has a lecture that he did on um, Augustine's theology of awe Hmm. and how that should impact education. And um, essentially what he argued is that um, education shouldn't just be a mere uh, memorization of facts, um, but it should actually be a study uh, in the outworking of God's providence in all these varied disciplines, Amen. so that it doesn't just give you a knowledge of things that have taken place and how to think about those things, but education actually inspires awe uh, in the Lord. Um, and so, um, you know, listening to that and and George Grant has been an influence. From afar, on me and some of my thinking on a couple of different things, but um, that lecture was very helpful for me to go. You know, and I, I think I'm, I think I'm actually there. Um, you know, I, I want as far as it is possible for for Harper and then hopefully Natalie and Ellis um, to be able to say, you know, we learned about this, and it takes them to the worship of of the Triune God. Um, and, um, you know, that, that was, that was big for me. Um, and we realized that sometimes like the educational philosophy, classical education might not be for everybody. Um, and of course, like maybe in, in just in our perspective that, um, we, maybe it doesn't work well with one of our kids. Um, and so we would be willing to navigate those things as they come. Um, so maybe we're, We'd be considered a little loose on that, but for us, it was for us, it was the the worldview emphasis and the Christian emphasis, and we saw their education as part of discipleship. Um, if I was to summarize that, it's probably a long answer, but to summarize it as education is part of their discipleship, and we wanted to be proactive rather than reactive in some of yeah. those things.
0: No, that's so good, and, and George Grant is just. Easy to listen to, too. I'll tell yeah. you what. Yeah, he's a treat to listen to, and it reminds me of—is it the Lewis quote that um, you know, education isn't tearing down jungles, but it's it's irrigating deserts and um, bringing to life and, and redeeming and, and pointing to Jesus and all these things is is really what we're on about. So,
1: right. I mean, and and that goes to the whole thing. Like, if if Jesus is is Lord of all things, uh, which He is. Yep. Then he's also Lord of education. That's right. um, and, and so, you know, we, we, I, I think for me, um, you know, I think about the, the, um, the Kuiper quote, you know, there's not square, mm-hmm. in, one square inch of the whole domain of human existence in which Christ, who is Lord, or sovereign overall, does not say mine. Yeah. You know, and, and Kuiper had those three spheres of, of, of domains. And I think when we think about the familial sphere, you know, Christ is Lord over that. And I think part of that is the education of our children. And so, yeah, that, that, those kind of things led both from a practical and theological philosophical um, aspect led us to kind of go, I, I think this is right for us for right now. So, yeah,
0: no, that's good. And that's, that's one I share sometimes with, with some friends too. And, and ultimately like, hey, you are, the Lord has put you in charge of your family and, and you and Allie need to make the right decision for your children. And, and likewise, in my home, for my wife and I, for Kate and me, um, but uh, I also go back to, of you know, we are, we train our children to obey their authorities, mm-hmm. right? And um, And when they're little, They're going to do that to a greater or lesser extent, but they're going to do that before that they have, uh, you know, uh, greater wisdom that they will as when they're older and before their nose is theologically trained um, to a great extent. And so that's one thing I come back to also is, as I just consider for my own family of, hey, if if I'm training my children to obey authorities and um, if they don't necessarily have all of the the wherewithal yet to discern all truth and, and to pick up falsity then um, boy, the boy that I have an even greater uh, burden on me each day to um, be discussing the, uh, my children and just be discussing with my children their day. And what did they talk about and how did it go? And yep. um, because we're not going to necessarily know what we need to be unwinding um, and, and correcting in the evenings, unless they tell us or unless we go and seek it out. So um, that's one that I think about often with my family. Maybe it's a different side of the coin of the, the proactive piece. So, yeah. Um, so then, but hey, Nick, uh, heritage isn't the church. So, right. um, you know, what would you say to the family who says, yeah, no, this is why I, I have heritage, why I have my kids here? We don't necessarily need um, the church or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah. This, it's actually been really helpful in how you've asked the questions, um, of starting with the importance of the church, cause it all kind of connects together. Um, I think that you have to make sure again, the, the, the school doesn't take the place of the church. And that comes to us asking the question, um, you know, what is the importance of the, of the local church, which we answered a moment ago, but you think, you know, it's, it's the church doesn't administer the ordinary means. And it's those things that God has appointed to feed us and grow us and build us up. The, the church can part, uh, the schools can partner with churches, right. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, And, but, but we don't want it ever to become um, to, to replace the importance of the local church. And I think, you know, that within the church, uh, when it comes to, um, you know, different educational philosophies, I think we have to be careful um, that we don't create like a tiered system of Christians. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, you've got the publicly educated Christians, you have the Christian school Christians, and then you've got like the classically trained Christians, uh, Christian education Christians. <laughs> Right. Um. I. I. want to. I want to avoid. I would. I would want to avoid that because at the end of the day, right. We. We. We believe that it's not an education or an edu- educational philosophy that's going to save our children. That's it's right. Christ that's going to save our children. That's right. And. And so, where will they hear most of Christ? Well, hopefully, it is from their parents, and it's in the context of a local church, and, and then as a partner to the local church. Hopefully, they're seeing that played out in different areas of their education uh, right. with with a school, um, and so you know, I would what I would encourage what I would encourage say the person who goes well well we have um, you know heritage classical and we have our friends in heritage classical and and so like we're we're good, and I would say it's fantastic that you have heritage. It's fantastic that you have friends in heritage. That's great, but at the end of the day. Um, where has God given these ordinary means of grace to be administered, and it's in the local church. Uh, and so I would say you're missing out on all that God has for you if you're not involved uh, in the local church. So
0: that's that's a great answer. And I don't know if you've ever heard us heard me do this, but I joke tongue in cheek often that um, the the Lord has created the family and uh he's instituted the local church he's instituted the church but we don't see anything in the scriptures anywhere about the classical christian school so right. um there there's no doubt that um heritage is meant to come alongside the the family and the church and not to replace either one so
1: yeah and and i will say this too like um that has been something uh and just a shameless plug that has been actually a blessing uh for Allie and i in sending harper because you know we, we were just, we were concerned about Harper. Um, and just, she's energetic. She's lively. She, <laughs> um, all these kind of different things. And it has been so encouraging to see, for example, her teachers, Bonnie Warnke. Um, and, and I know Bonnie, Bonnie is a member of our church and to see, uh, how Bonnie has engaged with Harper. Um, and, um, dealt with some different things with us and, and actually bringing us in on things. And it has been fantastic. So, you know, that partnership is, is something that is actually felt. Um, so th- I say that as an encouragement to families who may listen to this and, and just to encouragement to you um, to say that has been fantastic. And we can't speak highly enough about Bonnie uh, mm-hmm. as a teacher. Uh, so, yeah. Amen. No, thanks for
0: sharing that. It's, that's just the kind of feedback we hope to we hope to hear of. Hey, that, certainly there's nothing perfect here at Heritage, but um, so thankful for the teacher who has come alongside us, and um, that's that's the exact kind of feedback that we hope to have from parents. So thankful for for Bonnie. Bonnie, good good work. Yep. Um, okay, last one. Yeah. Nick, this is your opportunity for a soapbox. So. <laughs> Uh, what's, what's one thing you wish you could say to, and, and now you have an opportunity, but not with every, but with a few, what's one thing you wish you could say to
1: Christian parents? Oh man. Um, one thing I would say to, to Christian parents, well, you know what? So I did not plan this, but I keep a little quote book, um, with my calendar and I do everything by hand, um, and this is a this is a quote from George Grant uh, from that lecture uh, that I mentioned a few moments ago where he says this and I'll tell you why I would say this so he says uh, through the years I've tried everything for family devotions from the regiment regimented and intense to the sort of casual at the dinner table slip them a Mickey approach <laughs> And he said, and what I have found is that my children will never uh, derive delight unless I have first ventured into those lands of joy myself. Oh. Um, and <clears throat> what I would say to uh, heritage or Christian parents, I would say, seek to find your joy in the Lord first, hmm. uh, because those things will be infectious to your children. Um, and that's something that I'm convicted of as an um, consistently convicted of as I, you know, lay my head down when we're putting Harper to bed and we've, you know, tried to do our Bible story with our kids and pray with them. And ask myself the question, am I showing her that that Jesus is the most important thing? And he is actually the the foundation of 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 our joy as a family? that we could, we could lose our house. We could lose our cars. Um, but if like Paul says, if we had food and clothing, we would be content because Jesus, um, is sufficient enough, uh, to carry us through. Um, and so I think I would encourage parents with, to, to venture into those lands of joy yourself, uh, so that your kids will see now, actually there's something to, there's something here. Cause my mom and dad, um, my mom and dad, for some reason, love, love this Jesus guy and take great delight in him. Uh, and so, so that I think that's what I would end with.
0: Well, I can't imagine a better ending than that, Nick. That's on point brother. And a great reminder for, for, I think for all of us. So um, hopefully you all made it to the end of the podcast. Cause we saved the best for last. So Nick Spurgeon brother, I'm so thankful for your work and for uh, your ministry at Parkside. So, Thank you for all you're doing. I know it's not easy being a pastor, um, but you do it with with much grace. So I'm thankful for you, brother.
1: Well, and thankful for y'all too. I mean, you and and Pam and uh, uh, Daniel. Daniel's become a good friend of mine. I can't yeah. speak highly enough about all of you guys and 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 Bonnie um, as as Harper's teacher. We we've had man just the greatest experience so far. So we appreciate all you do as well. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, brother. Thank you for the good words, Pastor Spurgeon,
0: and thank you for listening to the Griffin Rundown. As always, it is a pleasure to partner with you to cultivate our children to be lifelong learners who think and live for Christ. We'll be back again next Tuesday.